0: The great outdoors is a place of enjoyment, peace, and solitude. But at times, the outdoors experience goes dark. Increasingly, outdoors lovers are encountering criminal elements, psychos, dangerous wildlife, and strange weather occurrences. Our goal is to raise awareness by equipping you with cutting-edge information and to shine light into the dark outdoors. Welcome to Dark Outdoors. This is Chester Moore, and in 2020, I saw a headline that really caught my attention. It had two things that interested me. It had someone who had passed away in a wooded area, and it had a mountain lion attack, t- attached to it. And immediately, you know, that was very interesting because there have been very few mountain lion attacks in Texas And I jumped into this and it was this story of a man named Christopher Whiteley who, you know, went missing for a very short spell and they found him. And, you know, there was this claim that a mountain lion had killed him. And then right after the initial story, there was just a lot of other stories, sort of controversy. And I kind of forgot about it because a lot of other things were going on. I wrote a blog over at HighlightCalling.net initially because I was upset because Texas Parks and Wildlife was acting like it would be impossible for there to be a mountain lion there. Which is ridiculous. But um, I found a great, great story. And I have a lot of respect for really good journalists. And I have one on the line right now. I have Morgan O'Hanlon. She graduated from the University of Texas Journalism School. She's written for the Victoria Advocate. But I found her through Texas Monthly. And tell me this isn't a great headline, folks. If a mountain lion didn't kill Christopher Whiteley, what? or who did. So Morgan, thank you and welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Chester. Well, I'm just so happy to be
0: here. So when you first became aware of this story and did you receive this assignment from Texas Monthly was something you dug into and like went to them about the story?
1: So you know Chester, I was reviewing my email chains uh, in which I originally pitched this to an editor mm-hmm. and I originally pitched this story as kind of a wildlife outdoors in mm-hmm. a story talking about mountain lion populations mm-hmm. what this headline of a man being killed by a mountain lion that was going mm-hmm. a mountain lion that was going viral across the US and the world mm-hmm. meant mm-hmm. about whether or not mountain lion populations were spreading across Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been something that I think a lot of outdoors people have been talking about for the last couple decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I looked for, deeper into the story, I kind of re- uh, talking to Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, talking to some of the people on the ground there in Hood County, I kind of realized that that was not the real story that was going on here
0: hmm. It's really interesting. So, uh, Mr. Uh, Whiteley, who I believe was like 28 years old. He was right. Uh, yeah, he was a young man. He was leaving his girlfriend's house in Lipan over in Hood County. If you don't know where Hood County is, it's kind of southwest, about an hour and a half from the DFW area up there in kind of the North Texas region. And um, how long was he missing?
1: He was missing for not too long at all. I believe mm-hmm. it only took uh, about a day or so until his body was found out in the woods.
0: Mm-hmm. So when the Texas Parks and Wildlife, you know, came in a little bit later, this is originally just an investigation of a missing person. And you have this man that's found. Uh, according to the story, you got a sheriff's department quote saying that they were found in a thicket so dense that it was a miracle that deputies found him.
1: Yeah, um, I think we all know how thick those red cedar thickets can get throughout the state mm-hmm. of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, his body was found really deep in some of these trees. Now, the theory had been that uh, he he did not drive. So mm-hmm. the theory had been that he had taken a shortcut through this property mm-hmm. to get to a road um, where he could hitchhike on his way to work. That mm-hmm. was something he'd done a couple of times, but not so much through talking to his friends and family, not through this route. It's not mm-hmm. super direct the the way that he would have gone. It was definitely mm-hmm. a little bit unusual.
0: Mm-hmm. And the reason they said mount lion was because of the throat being torn and there were some scratches on the body and it was, it was kind of in the thicket. And if I read it correctly, I believe that the backpack was found first and the body was away from the backpack.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So they come in and they look at this and they're thinking, you know, this looks like possibly could be a mount line. And then they go to the corner. I believe it was in Tarrant County.
1: Yes, that's right. They don't have uh, medical examiners uh, that are capable of doing this in all counties across Texas. It's only a select few.
0: And what was their official designation on, on first examination?
1: Officially, uh, the first time around, it was that they thought it was a mountain lion, but that was changed Mm -hmm. later on. His official cause of death ended up being undetermined.
0: Undetermined, which leaves a lot of intrigue and interest. You know, you have a guy with his, unfortunately, his throat's ripped. He's in the bushes. He's in an area where there could be a lot of things going on. So at what point in this, in terms of the timeline, did Texas Parks and Wildlife start looking around the area? They
1: were on the scene not much longer after the... Mm -hmm. Um, found him mm-hmm. it the, the police kind of knew that something weird was going on I think somebody in the sheriff's department probably jumped to this conclusion about the mountain lion mm-hmm. um, given the nature of the scene it was right in the middle of the outdoors called in mm-hmm. and um, then after they came in they came to their own assumptions about what mm-hmm. had happened on the scene there
0: hmm. Now, the one that got me and I actually wrote my opinion piece on this was anytime there's a mountain lion sighting outside of where they're supposed to be on a map, which is hilarious. Parks and wildlife, it couldn't be a mountain lion. Now, they are indigenous to the entire lower 48 up through Canada, all the way to um, Patagonia. I mean, they're like they're very wide distributed, of course, like everything. The great wildlife slaughter of the 1800s, early 1900s. Mountain lion numbers were down, except mainly in the West. But we're seeing mountain lion verified populations popping up, you know, Louisiana, Tennessee, the different mountain lions. They have a huge home range. And so I was like, oh, man, come on. I got upset because I was like, just to think that it couldn't be a mountain lion because where it was at seemed ridiculous to me because it's a potential.
1: You and I both know the mountain lions have a range of hundreds and hundreds of miles. They can go all over the place.
0: Yeah, I actually got to go on a mountain lion capture with Texas Parks and Wildlife when I was very young in 1997. They had a, a female radio caller near Ensenal, Texas, and they knew she had babies. So we, we had to go run the mama out of the den. And I was photographing all this, and they took and put the babies in. And that started they found one male that would move 125 miles every year and back. So this is a big range. Um, and that was what my initial interest was in terms of like, you know, just don't say it's impossible. But what then, then after that, there was time had went And it was like, okay, what really what really happened here? I mean, is it a mountain lion? Is it a a human? Is it a murder? Is it some kind of other animal? And that's really what I want to want to talk about here. It's like you kind of have Pandora's box when there's a body in the woods. You know, there's a mountain lion mentioned. You got a, a, a coroner saying one thing, a sheriff's department and a Parks and Wildlife saying another thing. But at one point there was someone from the USDA brought in who was doing trapping and tracking and Parks and Wildlife had a wildlife expert. And, uh, I believe they said they found tracks of other animals and humans in there.
1: Right. Yeah. I believe, um, there was a set of, there was a couple different sets of footprints that didn't look like they matched up with what the um, investigators on the scene would have been wearing. Now mm-hmm. these people, they're experts in all different sure. sorts of tracks. They didn't find yeah. anything that looked like a mountain lion. Mm-hmm. Um, just lots and lots of people tracks around there. Maybe a few other animals um, that, that have been around the scene, um, critters that were walking around just in the co- course of the few days that his body was out there
0: in increasing numbers people across north america are going missing in the wild dark outdoors is committed to shining light on this topic and raising awareness when public interest in these cases fades away this episode's missing in the wild is the unusual case of rodriguez Durrell keith a 37 year old male who has been missing since may of 2022. keith is a member of a local tribe was last in contact with his family in March of 2022. He described as a black man standing at 5 feet 10 inches tall and weighing 185 pounds. Keith is a seasoned survivalist with a history of living off-grid for extended periods. However, it is noted that he would typically maintain some sort of contact with his family during these times. Authorities are urging anyone who may have had contact with him, Rodriguez Durrell Keith, or information about his possible whereabouts, to call the Talladega County Sheriff's Office. They can be reached at 256-761-2141. That's two five six seven six one. Two one four one. Of course, the we have the controversy here, but at the heart of this, there's someone who lost their life. There's a mother who lost a son, and there's a family who lost a loved one. And a, um, what does the family think
1: about this? What
0: is the family's viewpoint? You know, when this is going on,
1: his mother was more of the opinion that this might have been a homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the end of the day, she didn't have strong emotions about what what it ended up being, um, that was maybe her, uh, overall impression given Mm -hmm. the facts, but more than anything, she just wanted answers. She just wanted there to be more thorough investigation into some of these facts that were out there.
0: Mm -hmm. And so just as someone who deals in the dark side of the outdoors, I automatically go from thinking, well, if it's really not a mountain line and the jury's kind of still out, this is undetermined. Could it be a dog? Uh, you know, um, I, my number one downloaded show is on feral dog attacks and, um, that's a very real thing. Was there any talk about canine, uh, in terms of this?
1: That was probably the tracker's best guess of what this could have been. And, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, I used to work at work and live out in Victoria, Texas, and Uh that happens all the time where Mm -hmm. not even just feral dogs, stray dogs are out on the street. People don't lock them up. And in certain circumstances, um, that can be really, really dangerous and even deadly.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, I had to draw down on a, a feral pit bull that had been dumped off on a dump road by my deer lease one day, charged out of the woods at me. And I shot and I hit right in front of it. And it just stood there and looked at me and walked back in the bushes, thank God, and my gun jammed and uh i had to go back two miles out another direction and i called the guy who ran the deer lease and, and apparently the same dog had chased another bow hunter up a tree and wouldn't leave him for like four or five hours so this is this is a real thing that, that people do and if you haven't heard the episode on feral dogs go back and listen to the archives um, i got a couple of eyewitnesses that had some crazy feral dog attacks in their own life um now Something that I was doing some research on is that there are a couple of instances where people have actually used dogs to attack and kill people. Was there any talk about like, you know, we're talking about, you know, mom thinking maybe some kind of homicide that someone had a dog and used a dog? Was that, a, was that a, in the conversation?
1: That was another idea that was floated by the USDA trapper on um, a few of my Mm -hmm. different conversations with him. Um, They didn't want to jump to that conclusion. There wasn't enough evidence to definitively support that. But one Mm -hmm. of the things that kind of made them think dog in the first place was just where these wounds were located on his body. Mm -hmm. Now, um, again, we both know uh, dogs can jump up pretty high on you. They have a lot of power, Mm -hmm. so they can reach all the way up to your neck, especially mm-hmm. because Christopher Whiteley was not that tall of a guy. Okay, So mm-hmm. they probably could have reached that area where some of the wounds were located. Whereas mm-hmm. for a mountain lion, their typical um, attack pattern is going to be through stealth. They're going to mm-hmm. sneak up on you and come around from behind, mm-hmm. um, kind of get their uh, claws around your neck. It, it's mm-hmm. just going to be a different part of your body where the wounds are Mm -hmm. going to be located if that's a mountain lion attack on a person.
0: Now, the interesting thing to me, he's found his backpack is found in one spot, and then he's a little further into the thicket. I mean, that makes you wonder, did he wander off in there as he's dying? Or did maybe something drag him in there? Was there any evidence that you talked to officials that he looked like he was drug into the thicket? Or that's just kind of where he died?
1: I don't think so. Honestly, that's a part that I'm a little bit (laughs) yeah.
0: <laughs> no, no problem at all I, I didn't see that anywhere anything i've read on this either it's just uh as a you know someone who's into this stuff and maybe wonder because mountain lions do cash what they kill and uh put it you know put it down i found a mountain lion kill of a uh, corsican which is an exotic sheep in south texas back in when i was in college and uh i mean this thing must have been killed a few hours earlier it was early one morning it was still warm and I'm like, oh boy, I better get out of these bushes, you know. And that's an that's in the accepted range of, you know, of uh Mount Lions in Texas where I was at. And um, it's just, you know, you're in that zone, you're like, wow, there's there's a predator very, very close to me here, you know. Um well
1: actually, you know, I do, I do kind of recall talking about this a little bit. Um, I think it was with the TPWD guy, not with the USDA trapper. Uh-huh. His body was not, it was underneath some trees, but not so located underneath brush in like a hidden area Mm -hmm. to where it looked like it really had been a -hmm. mountain lion that stored in there. Mountain lions are usually a little bit better about hiding away their catch Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. just like dragging it up against something.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. Now, um, if it's undetermined and they initially thought it was a mountain lion and then the other officials say it's not a mountain lion, That leaves a lot of possibilities. And I would, you know, you have the dog scenario, but murder here. uh, Were there suspects spoken to? Did you hear of anyone? Was there any, you know, um, situations that maybe Mr. Whiteley had been involved and had an enemy or anything like that or any other thing that might lead that there was someone out there that murdered him?
1: Not persons of interest, uh, But in particular, but more just, um, I would say, his general rap sheet gave him kind of, it it made it a little bit suspicious. Now, um, to be clear, he was not somebody with a totally clear criminal record. He was not a totally innocent dude. And if you looked into his rap sheet, you'd probably find some pretty troubling things in there. Yeah. Um, but that said, um, of course, we we know that doesn't mean each and every person doesn't deserve an appropriate investigation into their death if oh. something vicious happens to them.
0: Absolutely. And the first thing I thought was when he couldn't drive, I'm like, he probably couldn't drive because there was legal troubles over driving. Um, and that usually means there's other you know, part of a rap sheet, but that, that that's nothing to do with whether someone needs justice. You know, it just also opens up if someone's involved in, you know, a, a lifestyle that's dangerous opens them up to a lot more, you know, chances, someone they would be involved with someone or come across someone that might want to hurt them, that kind of thing. And, uh, this is an interesting case because it's been, uh, we're going it's three and a half years, you know, uh, you know, we're going on the fourth year in, in December and there is no answer to this. Um, so is it still, con- is it considered a cold case now or under investigation?
1: Technically not because there was never a homicide investigation opened into this. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I think that's maybe something his mother would disagree with about whether or not it should be uh, considered Mm -hmm. a cold case, Mm -hmm. but definitely I think there's a lot of questions that are left unanswered by this whole thing.
0: Well, I'm learning something here about this undetermined thing. I mean, that's a way for an investigation to kind of like, okay, we don't know what killed him, you know, next. Exactly. You know, and that is unfortunate because one of the things we do in every episode of Dark Outdoors, we have a segment called Missing in the Wild. And if someone went missing in a park, a national park, of forest, hunting, fishing, we highlight their cases because oftentimes people who go missing and there's no body found, um, they're just determined that they disappeared, ran away, or whatever. And sometimes, you know, something really, really bad happened to him. So we try to help raise awareness on every single episode of this show. So this is kind of like one giant, uh, unfortunately solved, he was found, but it's still a situation where the family would like to have uh, some justice in this. Pray, prepare, and pack heat. It's time for some dark outdoors defense strategies and techniques growing up watching horror movies there's always some slasher chasing someone through the woods and someone gets to their car and they back up and they end up backing up in a mud puddle and getting stuck that actually made me think of something i started doing years ago strategic parking i had one particular location that i frequented that was a dead end in a deep tract of public land and if i just drove down there and parked at the dead end and didn't think about it I would have to do all kinds of crazy backing up to get out of there in an emergency situation. And that would take lots of time. I might get stuck, which I did get stuck there before. All kind of bad things could happen. So a simple thing you can do when you go into the great outdoors is park the direction that you need to retreat. You know, if you go into a certain area, you know, you're going to have to back up and do all kind of crazy maneuvering to get out of the location. Please. Go ahead and do that before you go into the woods. Another thing under the category of strategic parking is park in a spot you can see from at least 50 yards away. That might be impossible to do in deep woods or mountainous country, but if you can, you need at least 50 yards that you can see your vehicle as you approach. If you do this, You could possibly save yourself from being ambushed. You could glass the spot, look, approach slowly, and there's someone around your vehicle. You can at least identify them or see that someone is there and you're not surprised before you arrive. If you would like to share your dark outdoor story, email chester at chestermore.com. If you would like a PDF file of my personal survival tips, put survival in the subject line. Read my wildlife writings and follow my Higher Calling Wildlife and Higher Calling Gulf Coast podcast at highercalling.net. Remember, never enter the wild without prayer and preparation.